Sprite, welcome back to the sack. That's right, this is season two. I bet you thought the network was going to pull the plug after season one. They weren't going to renew the contract. Let me tell you, I signed a lifetime media rights deal with myself. And I'm going to be doing this shit as long as I can and as long as I want to. So welcome back. Sorry about the break. Haven't seen you guys since March, but it's me. As you can see, it's the sack leader, Karch, a.k.a. Connor Archer. And we're back with Talking Balls, baby. Glad to be back. As you can also tell, we're talking about MLB trade deadline today. Okay. Um, the MLB trade deadline can go one of two ways for a lot of teams. Either your team is going to be buying, your team's going to be selling. Okay. For the teams that sell, for the stars that remain on the roster, it can be deflating because it's basically the ownership group saying, we got to shake it up. We don't believe in this group. Something's got to change. And the rest of the season is basically dead at that point. If your team buys, however, on the on the other side of that, it can be a jolt of energy to a team that maybe limped into the trade deadline. Handful of teams come to mind like that. The Rays, the D-backs, the Yankees. And we'll talk about all those clubs in this episode. But it's really not about who makes the biggest move. It's about what team makes the move that's best for them at that time in order to set themselves up for a playoff run. So although big names are going to go places that you may not expect, teams are going to look at their roster. They're going to look at what they're deficient at, and they're going to try and meet those needs without giving up, you know, large portions of their farm system and large portions of their future. So we're going to run through all the teams and all the trades that not all the trades, but the ones that I thought stood out. And we're going to tell we're I'm going to, I'm going to tell you basically what I think, how these trades are going to impact these programs going forward. If it's going to help, if it's not going to help, do they have a chance to make the division uh, a division winner? Or are they going to be a wildcard winner? We'll see. Here we go. First up, we're going to do the NL Central because the NL Central, although they may not have the best teams in baseball, um, it is shaping up to be one of the best races. Okay. So as it stands right now, you got Cincinnati Reds. They have a, a half game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. And then the Chicago Cubs are right there three games back. Now, the, the Cincinnati Reds, they didn't really do much at the deadline, which was surprising. Now, I understand they have a lot of their young talent up in the bigs. They do have a few, a few more pieces in the farm system that they will bring up. But I felt like they needed pitching, and I think it was pretty obvious that they needed pitching. Um, today's August 3rd, 2023 on Thursday. The past two days for you guys who follow the MLB, the Cubs absolutely demolished the Reds. And I'm not talking like 10-0, whatever this is that. The Cubs put up 36 runs in two games. All right, they won like 16-6 to last night, 20-5 to the other night. All right. It was absolutely absurd. So the Reds didn't really add much pitching. They added Sam Maul, um, a left-handed pitcher, uh, as a bullpen piece. Besides that, they did nothing. They have their bottom three in the National League in ERA with a 4.84 team ERA. So to me, pitching is a glaring weakness on this team. And going forward into the playoffs, I don't really trust them. I know they have a lot of talent. Ellie De La Cruz, um, they got Steer. They have uh, uh, Fraley, okay? They have Jonathan India still. They have uh, McLean at shortstop. So they have a lot of young pieces, and they're a very exciting team to watch. But given the fact that they don't have solid, consistent pitching to rely on, and they have inexperience up and down their lineup besides Joey Votto, 
Uh, I don't really trust this Reds team. They might win the division. I don't really think they're going to be the team from this division that's going to make noise in the playoffs. Um, getting on to the next team that I do think is going to make noise in the playoffs is the Milwaukee Brewers. They made a they they made a handful of nice moves that I personally think suited them really well. They got uh, Canna from the Mets. The Mets did pretty much a fire sale. They could have done more, but we'll get to that also. Uh, they they got Andrew Chafin, left-handed pitcher for a bullpen piece as well. Everybody knows uh, you need you need a good bullpen, and you need at least two or three good solid starters to compete in a seven-game series in the playoffs. And they got Carlos Santana, switch-hitting first baseman. Uh, they were lacking in that position this year, and he's 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 been back, rejuvenated, if you will, this year after going from Cleveland to the, um, I'm sorry, to the Pittsburgh Pirates. But now that he's with a winning club, I think he's going to be rejuvenated even more. All right. And I think that he's known around the league as kind of a clubhouse guy. All of his teammates seem to like him from what I've heard. Um, so I think that Carlos Santana will be a good piece for this for this team, given the fact that they haven't been able to get over the hump and reach the World Series, let alone the NLCS. Um, so I think Carlos Santana can help with that. They also did add two other uh, relief pitchers as well, right handed pitchers. So. You look at the Brewers. I like those moves that they made. Um, they also have Freddie Peralta. They have Corbin Corbin Burns, who's starting to pitch like Corbin Burns yet again. They got Colin Rea as well. So they have two or three solid starters. They got a solid bullpen. They have a lockdown closer, Devin Williams. Um, and they just added Chafin. And they have another piece or two in the bullpen that I'm blanking on the name right now. But the Brewers are set up, okay? On paper, they're set up to make a run in the playoffs. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Strictly because they haven't done it before, so I'm really not sure. But it's going to be interesting to see. I do think this that is the team that can make some noise in the playoffs out of this division. Last team I want to touch on in this division, Chicago Cubs. Now, this was a this was a strange team because leading up to the deadline, they were kind of struggling like two, two and a half weeks before. Uh, they were under 500. Then they ripped off a winning streak. And they had two of the hottest assets on the market at the time. They had Marcus Stroman, who was having, at one point, even though I don't like him and his tight ass pants. Uh, it's not because of his tight pants. I don't like him, but I don't like his pants either. He was having at, at one point, he was having a Cy Young season uh, and also Cody Bellinger, which if you guys remember when I did my episode with Jesus Lazardo, we were talking about, you know, that change of scenery and how it might be good for a guy like him going from MVP status to basically riding the bench in the playoffs um, it seems like that change of scenery did him good because he is back to that MVP form. And he was a bat that a lot of teams were looking at, including the New York Yankees. Um, but the Cubs decided to hold on to all of their assets and they're going for it. So they added uh, Heimer Candelario. Uh, he's, he's a big left-handed bat at third base. Okay. And a lot of teams were also after this guy. Uh, I know the Yankees were interested. I believe the angels were interested. Also the Marlins were pushing for him big time. Um, I would have loved to see the Mar Miami Marlins get him, but it is what it is. So look, the Cubs, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that I'm going to write them off because they're proving everybody wrong the last week and a half. They're playing good baseball. Like I said, they just absolutely bent the Reds over a barrel. 36 runs in two games is unheard of. So they're scoring runs. They have Justin Steele. They still have Stroman. All right. They added that bat Candelario. So we'll see what happens with them. I don't think they're going to make noise, but, you know, they could they could go right ahead and prove me wrong. Who knows? All right. 
little sipsy of water. And we're back with the NL East. The NL East, pretty interesting as well. All right, we got the Braves, obviously, ho-hum. Uh, I think, personally, to me, they are the clear-cut uh, best team in baseball, the favorite to win it right now. Um, all they did, really, significantly, was added Brad Hand to their bullpen, um, a nice left-handed piece. And like I said before, and I'll probably say it again before this episode is over, you need solid bullpen pitching and back-end pitching in the playoffs. And hopefully Brad Hand can give that to them. We'll see. Obviously, they have studs up and down the lineup. No shortage of the ability to produce runs and hit the homer. Um, and we know they're one of the best teams in the first inning at scoring runs. I mean, every time you look at the, the scoreboard, it's 1-2-3-0 in the first inning. So they're relentless. I feel bad for every pitcher that has to go against them, including all the pitchers in the NL East who have to see them 18 times a year. That's freaking brutal. Next, the Phillies. Um, Phillies and the Marlins playing a series right now, actually. I believe the Phillies won that last game 4-2. to two. One of their new additions, Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers, coming over, pitching pretty well today, shutting down the Marlins after the Marlins came back in extra innings. I believe they tied the game in the ninth inning, 5-5, wound up winning the game 9-8 in the 12th or the 11th. Uh, so that was a really good win for the Marlins yesterday. Today, Lorenzen pitched extremely well. They also got Rodolfo Castro. Uh, look, the Phillies, based on the moves that they made, they're telling their clubhouse, look, we believe that you guys have it in you to make a playoff run. So we're going to add a piece here, piece there where we think we need it, and go for it. The Phillies were another team that were out of it at the beginning of July. Had a good month of July sitting there. Yeah, they're 11 and a half games back out of the division, but they're right there in the wild card. Okay, they're 59 and 50. Um, and they are one game ahead of the Brewers for the second wild card spot as it stands right now. So they're right in the middle of it. Um, and it's going to be going to be good to see where they go because we know that they just snuck into the playoffs last year, made it all the way to the World Series. So that's the main goal for all these teams. That's why these moves are happening. You just want to get into the tournament. I right? just get in there. And then anything can happen. Really, anything can happen from there. And that's what makes it so amazing. Next team, New York Mets. What? <laughs> oh, what? What a shit show that program is, huh? I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Like, one of the one of the highest payrolls in baseball, obviously, with the Padres. One of the biggest letdowns with that at all. Um, I think this year... Hopefully, we'll teach teams like the Mets, like the Padres, like the Yankees, all three of those teams, severely underachieving. All three of those teams have some of the highest payrolls in baseball. Maybe, I'm just saying, I know I don't run these organizations, but just maybe spending all the money that you have in your pocket will not automatically equate to winning. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Anyone's listening. So the Mets, mini fire sale. Okay, Verlander, gone. Scherzer, gone. There goes your one-two punch that the Mets fans are so excited about. See ya, poof, like dust, right? That's pretty crazy. Uh, Canna, like I said before, went to the Brewers. David Robins Robertson down to the Marlins. That's a great add, although he did give up two uh, two-run home runs to the Phillies in that series. Tommy Pham went out west, Arizona Diamondbacks, which is interesting for one reason. He's in the same division as Jock Peterson now, so we'll just keep an eye on that. Okay. They acquired Ronald Acuna's little brother. I believe his name is Luis. Uh, and they also got outfielder Drew Gilbert and shortstop Jeremy Rodriguez to bolster their farm system. Um, look, the New York Mets, if any Mets fans are listening right now, you think you have some kind of hope. After the, after the deadline, you should know the plug has been pulled on your season. 
what Uncle Steve is trying to do, I think, is he's trying to bolster a farm system that really doesn't have a whole lot in it when it comes to pitching, especially. So I believe that he said, okay, we're done this year. Let me try and get rid of some of these contracts that clearly I overpaid for Verlander Scherzer. Um, let me get rid of these guys, try and develop a farm system and replicate something of, you know, the Orioles who have a plethora of young talent. Houston, although they don't have much right now coming up, they all most of the guys on their lineup, they they brought up. And we know from the 2017 Astros, all of those homegrown stars that they brought up through their farm system. The Dodgers, another team, it seems like they're pulling ace rookies out of nowhere on the hill every single year. Um, so I think the Mets are trying to get towards that, some sort of, you know, sustainable talent level in their farm system where they don't have to go out and just purchase players at the deadline or in the offseason to have a competing team or a competitive team, however you want to phrase it. I don't know. English is not my strong suit, but I'm here. All right. Last team, not the, not the worst team, last team, best team, last team, home team, Miami Marlins. Now, if this was any other regular year, I probably wouldn't be talking about the Marlins. I'd be talking about the pieces that they traded away. Okay. But let me make, make, make one thing clear. Okay. 58 and 52. Yeah. 13 games out of the division. Uh, again, that's because the Braves are just on a whole nother level. All right. In the wild card, they're only a half game out. So they are right there. The Marlins are fucking here. All right. They're here and they're not going anywhere. All right. Look, they got Robertson that I mentioned, a bullpen piece for a bullpen that kind of has been shaky here or there in the back end of games, giving up leads. So it's good that they got Robertson. They got Berger from the White Sox, 25 dingers. Um, I don't know the specifics on his contract, but there's something about controllable years where the Marlins control his contract for like the next three or four years. Um, and that's something when I get to the White Sox, I'll talk about it more, but I'm surprised they let Berger go for that reason because he's a young kid. And if you can control him and try and build him, build with him with some of your other young guys that are that you're keeping, why wouldn't you do that? Who cares? Sent him to the Marlins, had a nice, nice game, two for four with a key walk and a hit by pitch in their nine to eight walk-off win. So they got Berger and they also got Josh Bell from Cleveland, who was slumping pretty bad the first three or so months of the year. In July, he really turned it around. Uh, if you don't know, a switch hitting first baseman has playoff experience with the Guardians and the Nationals as well. Um, and he made an impact as well in that 9-8 victory with the home run. And uh, I believe he had the, the game winning base hit in that game. So, Kim, good on you. Showing the fans. Oh, yeah. One other thing they got. They got a starting pitcher, Ryan Weathers from the Padres. That's where uh, I think Gene Segura went, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, good on Kim. Showing the fans and showing the clubhouse that, you know, they're in it to win it. And I got reason to believe that that clubhouse is a little juiced up and they're ready to go for this playoff stretch and this playoff run here. Very exciting team. If you haven't been watching them, I would suggest you do. And lastly, I'm going to shout out my dog, Jesus Lazardo. Um, for the most part, you know, Sandy has not been what Sandy was last year. You know, the Cy Young form. Uh, they had Yuri Perez. They called up in the beginning of the year, but he was sent down a couple weeks before the break, I guess, for some arm management stuff just to not run him into the ground too early. Uh, Luzardo has been not only the most consistent pitcher on his team, but one of the most consistent pitchers in the league. All right. Um, he's he's basically flipped double birds to the haters and all the doubters saying, oh, can he stay healthy when he gets to the sixth inning? He falls apart. This and that third time through the order. Now, it ain't like that this year. So I got a little something for you. 
Okay, we're gonna play it, play a game. Player A, player B. Might give away the answer, given the little blurb I just gave you guys. But player A, player B. Here's player A, starting pitcher, right-handed pitcher. Record nine and five, not bad. ERA three point four three. Whip one point oh seven. Innings pitched one twenty and two thirds. Pretty solid. Sounds like an ace, right? Um, ERA is a little up there, but you know, for league average, it's it's pretty solid ERA. Player B, record wins and losses eight and five. ERA three point three eight. Whip one point one eight. And innings pitched, 125. So on paper, these two players, very similar. Player A has a worse ERA, has less innings pitched, has one more win, and has a better whip than player B. What if I told you? Now, I'm just throwing shit out into thin air here. What if I told you player A was Shohei Otani and player B was Jesus Lizardo? I don't know. You do what you will with that information. I'm just here to give you the information you guys do whatever you want with it. Mm. Little zinny flip there. All right. Second part. NL West. The Dodgers, okay? Took over the division recently from the Diamondbacks, who just absolutely are falling off a cliff in, in uh, July. And uh, there's no stopping that free fall right now. They went from about three games up to six games back. Uh, the Dodgers have a two-game lead over the Giants, sitting there at 61 and 45. They added Lance Lynn. They added Joe Kelly and Kike Hernandez. They got both of those guys back. They got Ryan Yarborough from the Rays. They got Ahmed Rosario, who is a shortstop from Cleveland, and he was having a down year with Cleveland. But uh, I think instead of having him on the bench as a utility in Cleveland, both parties, both parties, the Guardians and Rosario, thought it would be best to ship him off, see if he can get more consistent playing time. So the Dodgers got him. That's good. Um, they did let go of Trace Thompson. He's out there with the White Sox. I saw him starting today already against the Rangers. The D-backs, yeah. I mean, the D-backs, they're, they're still one of my favorite teams. They're very exciting. Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte. They got McCarthy. They got Christian Walker, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. All right, they got some pitchers. But I don't know what's going on with them. They seem to not score runs. They didn't really do anything huge at the deadline, which to me, like, your team is sliding at a rapid pace. So clearly you need to do something. And all they did, they did get one of the best relievers on the market this year in Paul Seawald from Seattle. Um, but I would have liked them possibly being that they're such an inexperienced team when it comes to the playoffs. The first name that comes to mind to me is why not go get Paul Goldschmidt back from the Cardinals? The Cardinals suck. They're not going anywhere this year, right? They showed you that they are kind of selling, giving away Flaherty and Montgomery all right. Um, why not go get Paul Goldschmidt, have a little reunion, a little kumbaya, send him off in a retirement in a few years. See if you can get him a championship where he started his career or where he had the most success in his career uh, up until this point where he won MVPs for you guys. I don't know. I thought that would have been a good idea, but they didn't do it. Um, so just stay stay tuned on them. We'll see if they fall out of the playoff picture right now. They're barely hanging on to it. Um and this is a fun team. Like I said, it's a fun team to watch. And I do want them around in the playoffs. They're only a game and a half back, so they are right there. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Next, we have the Giants. They aren't flashy, but they do win games, all right? Gabe Kapler, he runs me the wrong, he rubs me the wrong way, but for some reason, like he always has his guys prepared. They have the third best ERA in the National League at 
Um, what they do at the deadline. They got AJ Pollock, Marquez Johnson, and Jack Larson. So, I mean, the Giants, they didn't do too much either, but that's, again, management telling their team, like, look, you guys made it to the playoffs last year. They have a solid pitching staff led by Logan Webb. They have an outstanding closer in Duvall, um, and they have a really good manager. So the Giants are going for it. Faith is Faith is put into the locker room from the front office, and they're just letting them fly, baby. Last team in this division, the Padres. The only reason we're going to talk about them again is because they're shitty and they have just a plethora of stars again. I mean, they got Xander Bogarts, who last year was one of the best shortstops in the league. And sometimes I forget that he's even playing baseball for them this year because no one's ever talking about him because he ain't doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they did get Garrett Cooper from the Marlins, who I'm glad that the Marlins let him go. Um, kind of frustrating watching him hit, although he has been heating up over the last month or so. Uh, they got Ben Gamble, Rich Hill, G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi, uh, you know, debatable, but definitely one of the best names in the MLB. G-Man Choi, that's pretty fire. They got Scott Barlow, uh, a nasty reliever from the Royals. Uh, I did, I do like what the Padres did, you know, but they they have one of the most talented lineups, but they haven't shown us that they can do it with this group. Maybe it's the chemistry that's not working for them. Uh, I think sometimes people can overlook the fact that you can't just throw guys together. They are human beings. Their personalities have to mesh. They have to be able to gel together. Maybe they're just not doing it. Maybe this year is a wrap and they can get back to it next year. Maybe the pressure is too much and this year is over, uh, but we'll see. They got too much talent. They'll be back. I have a feeling. And the GM, he's way too smart. He makes the right moves all the time. So we'll see what he's got up his sleeve for the off season. Okay. Moving on to the AL West, we got the Rangers. Um, they did get Scherzer. That was a big splash. They got Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals. Uh, they got a role Chapman a couple weeks before the deadline as well. They also picked up a catcher, Austin Hedges, which is a big move for them. Um, only because Jonah Heim, rookie catcher, rookie all-star starting catcher, shall I mention, uh, he got hurt some ligament in his wrist. So they don't know how long he's going to be out. There was something I saw today where they're saying the injury is not as bad as they, they initially thought. So hopefully he'll be back sooner than later because they do have Mitch Garver starting right now. They did just get hedges, but I mean, you're, I'm as you're looking at a 70 RBI guy at the, at the all-star break um, as a rookie. So he's an impact bat to go along with Semyon and Seager, Josh Young. All right. This lineup is loaded. No shortage of RBI production here. I love this team. Um, and that leads me to the Houston Astros. They're gearing back up for a playoff run and they're breathing down the Rangers neck. Okay. But I do think the Rangers are going to hold them off and win the division. Both teams will make the playoffs, but the Rangers are going to win the division. They, uh, they picked up Verlander from the Mets again, Kendall Graveman from the White Sox. And they also got Spencer Watkins from the Orioles. So look, they don't have a lot in the farm system coming up behind their current lineup, but you know, they don't really need it at this point in time. I think the the management is looking at what they have in Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Altuve nearing the end of his career. Potentially they have a solid catcher, Maldonado, Jeremy Pena, Bregman still. So they have a solid lineup to compete. I just think that they're not going to take, they're not going to take over the Rangers in this division. And although they're playing good baseball, um, yeah, I fucking hate them still from 2017. So that's that about the Astros. The Angels, begging Shohei, Shohei Otani to stay one more time. Just please, brother, stay with us. Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, CJ Krohn, Randall Grichuk. Uh, the only guy on that list, to be honest, that could move the needle for me is Lucas Giolito if he returns to that ace form, which he really hadn't been this year. 
Um, so we'll see. I don't know if they did enough, especially that Mike Trout is not coming back until the end of August. Uh, I don't know if they they got enough bop in CJ Crone and Randall Grichuk to compete with the Houston Astros and the Rangers and even the Rays, another wild card team that we'll get to shortly. So we'll see. Um, the one thing I I did like they added Mustakas from the from the Royals, I believe. I believe I think he was back with the Royals. I don't know. Don't don't quote me on that one. But I like it for the aspect of the experience, the playoff experience. Obviously, he did win the World Series with the Royals um, and the Angels don't really have much playoff experience on that roster. Obviously, Trout never been to the playoffs. Uh, neither has Shohei in the six years he's been there. So I do like it to lead those guys if they can get into the playoffs. And this is a team that they can they can hit. All right, Zato, they got out. They got that SR, Bardo SR. So they have hitters, okay? They just got CJ Crone, who is a good hitter. And Randall Gritchett, those are good supporting pieces. If they can get there, they might be able to make noise, but it's a long road, and uh, it's a thin chance in my eyes for the Angels to get there. Moving into the worst division in the in the league, in my opinion, the AL Central. Uh, you got the Twins leading it right now. All they did was acquire Dylan Floro, uh, Taylor Floyd, couple arms. Uh, good for them. The Guardians, interesting what they did. I mean, the Cleveland Guardians are sitting there right now Okay, they don't have a good record at all. All right, they're just barely. Let me see. Actually, no, I'm sorry. They're under 500. I was going to say they're barely over 500, but no. They're three games under 500, 53 and 56. Two games back only in the division, the Minnesota Twins are 55 and 54. So to me, being that you're so close in a divisional race at this time of year, you would think that they would go ahead and buy some pieces. They did. They got Cindergaard. They also got Gene Segura, who might be a nice piece in the field and in the lineup. However, they released him as soon as they got him. So they didn't really get anyone other than Cindergaard, and he got hurt his first start uh, this week with them. So hopefully he's okay. I didn't see any injury report on him at the time that I'm recording this. They did get a, a, hit, a hard-hitting first baseman, Manzardo, from the uh, Rays, excuse me, for Aaron Savale. And that was really confusing to me because Aaron Savale, Shane Bieber hadn't pitched like the ace of the staff this year, and they had been just blistered by injuries. So Savale kind of stepped up with Tanner Bibby. Savale was the ace of that staff this year. And they go ahead and move him for a young piece who I do like. I think he'll be up sooner than later and be hitting for them with some pop, which they don't normally have in their lineup. They definitely need some bats with pop. So they traded away their ace. I don't know what kind of message that's sending to the clubhouse. Like, yeah, they're sending away one of their best performers. They also sent away one of their bats with pop and Josh Bell, like we talked about before. And I just said that they don't have a lot of bats with pop. So why would they move their one bat with pop? I don't know. The Guardians confused the absolute hell out of me with this trade deadline. But for the most part, they're in it just because the division is so shitty. Uh, last team we're going to talk about real quick in this division is the Chicago White Sox. This is a team, I don't think they did enough. I don't think they traded all of the right players that they should have. Um, it was pretty much a fire sale. All that's left really significantly is Lewis Robert, uh, Tim Anderson, and Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Tim Anderson would have been a guy who I think fit perfectly with the Miami Marlins. The Marlins have John Birdie at shortstop right now. Sometimes Wendell plays there. Those They're solid players. Birdie is a very solid player. Mm -hmm. I like John Birdie a lot, but relative to the other shortstops that are out there in the league, and especially the other shortstops that you're going to see in the playoffs, I felt like they needed an upgrade at that position. 
Tim Anderson, I feel like also could have used a change of scenery. Send him to a smaller market, even though the White Sox aren't the biggest market. It's still in Chicago. Send him to the Marlins, smaller market. Have him regroup himself. He doesn't have to be the guy like he might have been in Chicago. He can be just another piece, okay, because they got they got Berger already. They had Jazz. They had Garcia, who hadn't done anything. They have Arias still. Didn't even mention him this episode. They have Jorge Soler, who's given him the home run, uh, the late game home run so many times this year. So I thought Tim Anderson was a great fit for the Marlins. I'm sad they didn't get him. Um, I felt like they should have tr traded Eloy Jimenez as well. Uh, the only guy I would have kept if I'm playing GM for them is Louis Robert. And I'm going to pat myself on the back here. If you guys remember one of my recent, not recent, but more recent episodes that I filmed months ago when we were doing the MLB prediction and previews, I told you guys I loved Louis Rob for the AL MVP. Unfortunately, at the time of that prediction, I had a little mental lapse and I forgot that Shohei Otani existed as a human being and as a baseball player. So if we remove Shohei Otani from the AL as of this point in time right now, August 3rd, 2023, I think Louis Rob is your AL MVP. So I would like to pat myself on the back for that, although it's not over, said and done. And he's probably just going to hate himself the rest of the year because his team is going to be dog water. So I don't know if he's going to keep up his numbers, but he has been putting up MVP numbers. So, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Last division, people. AL East, and then we'll wrap this episode up. Let me get some more water because it's getting kind of hot in here. I'm not going to lie. It's not the long sleeve. It's a thin shirt. Shout out the KC Current. Shout out Emma out there in Kansas City. All right. KC. Baby. All right. First team in the AL East, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, pretty much the youngest juggernaut you ever seen in your life. All right. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not that you only seen in your life, but they're pretty good. They got a lot of young studs, Adley Rutschman. All right. They have, uh, what's his name? Westberg. They have Gunnar Henderson. They have Jorge Mateo. They have Adam Frazier, who's sneaky, just a sneaky, great utility guy. Um, but they did, they did get uh, Jack Flaherty. They got Cesar Prieto. They got Shintaro Fujinami, another pitcher, I believe. Um, so they bolstered their rotation. Flaherty pitched well today. I thought he was going to do that. Flaherty, if you guys forget, two, three years ago, I mean, he was one of the best pitchers in the league. I couldn't tell you what went wrong with him last year and this year. It seems like he lost his control. He has a bunch of walks and stuff like that, but he's given up the long ball. I mean, he if he can return to half or 75% form of what he was, just look out because that team got a lot better. Um, I did think they were going to go after Verlander. I thought they had enough prospect capital to do so. You know, They didn't have to give up Jackson Holiday, but they did have other players that I thought could have been moved given the plethora of young talent that they have in the bigs right now. Uh, but they didn't. It is what it is. Tampa Bay Rays. Let me just let me get something out of the way right here, right now about the Tampa Bay Rays before we go any further. OK, they essentially, for the most part, at this point in time, are a mids program. OK, they came out the gates super hot, 30 and nine. OK, I think they didn't lose a game until like game 14 or something like that. They won 12 or 13 right out of the gate. Since then, they're pretty much a 500 baseball team. They did add Aaron Savali from the Guardians. We mentioned that. I love that addition. They got Robert Stevenson and Manuel Rodriguez as well. Tyler Glass now is returning to form, okay? 
And we saw earlier in the year that they do have bats in their lineup that can produce runs, okay? And when they're playing energetically, they take that extra base. They put the pressure on the defense. They do all the little things right. Kevin Cash puts them in the right position to win. Seems like the mojo and that swagger kind of has cooled off immensely. Um, and another thing that didn't go their way last night, Shane McClanahan, their ace in the in the conversation for Cy Young, had forearm tightness. He was sent back to Tampa, uh, and they're going to see the extent of that injury. It doesn't sound good anytime it's the forearm with the pitcher. So bless up for him and the Rays, and bless up for my fantasy team, although they suck. My fantasy team sucks. Okay. Next, New York Yankees. What did my favorite team do besides absolutely crushing my soul nightly at 7 p.m.? Okay. What did they do? They needed a left fielder. You know, to me, the Yankees needed a lot more than they could have even achieved at this deadline. So in a way, I'm not mad that they didn't do anything because they were probably sitting there at the table like, well, fuck, we got a lot of needs here and there ain't going to be no way that we can fulfill them all. So we might as well just do nothing. So what they did, though, they got Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox and they also got Spencer Howard. Um, Kenyon Middleton, a good reliever from the White Sox. The Yankees currently have the best ERA, bullpen ERA, should I say. Uh, in the American League, or should I say the, the major leagues, they have the best bullpen ERA. So let me repeat that. The Yankees at the trade deadline, which one of their strengths was the best in the entire league, they go ahead and add another reliever to that already best in the league category. Okay. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, clearly the Yankees are telling their, their guys in the locker room that we believe in you. We think you guys can get it done. Uh, Michael Kay and the guys were talking about it in the booth a couple nights ago. The Yankees are straight up mids with this group. Okay. In the last, I think 201 games, they are 101 and 100. So absolutely mediocre. Um, I do believe that they should have re-signed judge. I don't think there's any, any way getting around that. However, I think Judge got to be sitting there and thinking to himself, shit, did I make the wrong choice not going somewhere else? Because the front office has failed Aaron Judge and the rest of this team and the fan base time and time again. They've let the analytics department run themselves into the fucking ground. And it's absolutely frustrating. And the Yankees, you know, they did make moves, right? They got Gallo. They got Aaron Hicks. They got Rizzo. They got other guys as well that just did not pan out. They, in recent years... They have not made a trade or a move that has really panned out for them like they would have hoped. And that's bit them in the ass because they're spending all this money basically for nothing. And they're not surrounding Judge and, and Glaber and these other guys with the players that they need to in order to compete in this division. Which, by the way, is the best division in baseball. All the teams are over 500. So I don't know if the Yankees are going to get in. To be honest, deep down inside, I hope they crash and burn. Uh, the only reason I hope they crash and burn is because if they crash and burn, then there's a higher chance that Aaron Boone will get canned. If they don't crash and burn and they somehow slip into the playoffs and somehow get to the ALCS or, God willing, even the World Series, Hal going to be like, hey, man, I don't know what you guys are talking about. We just made it to the ALCS. We just made it to the World Series. I think we got everything we need right here. When in reality, we don't. 
Okay, so it would just be putting a Band-Aid over the issue. And that's, unfortunately, I thought last year they were going to miss the playoffs and that was going to be the straw that broke the camel's back and, and Boone was and Cashman were finally going to get fired. Uh, Fishman also going to get fired, but no, didn't happen. So honestly, praying for the Yankees' downfall. Uh, I have uh, jumped ship for now to the Miami Marlins, the hometown team. And until further notice, both New York teams are absolutely dead. Thank you. Two more teams. Blue Jays, um, a team that has also young talent that can compete with the Orioles, but the Orioles are just proven to be too much. Uh, I like the manager a lot more in Baltimore. Also, Brandon Hyde over John Schneider for whatever reason. I obviously don't know them personally. Fuck it. I like I like Brandon Hyde a lot more. Jordan Hicks, uh, hard-throwing righty reliever from the Cardinals. They got him. They also got Paul DeJong from the Cardinals. That's a big move because – Pretty much at the same time that they got to Young, Bichette goes down with some kind of knee injury. Uh, he was rounding the bases in between first and second. He tried to put the brakes on it one-legged and just stopped running right there, got tagged out. So, again, I didn't see the extent of that injury. But, I mean, don't be fooled. Vladdy's very good, okay? Chapman is a leader as well, a vocal leader. Uh, but Bichette is the heart and soul of that team. He's leading the league in hits besides Arias. He's leading the American League in hits, that is. Um, so they need Bichette back and hopefully it's not a long-term injury because if they don't have him. I really don't think they can make noise, especially given the fact that they're, they're hanging on to the playoffs. They're not even in the playoffs right now. So yeah, Blue Jays, they're a good team. They definitely can compete. Uh, they're just in a juggernaut of the division. I don't know what their remaining schedule looks like, but they definitely can make noise. And if they get into the playoffs, they do have pitchers. They got Gosman, they got uh, Barrios. They got two solid starters there. Um, and, and that's pretty much what you need in the first round. And then if you can have those two guys going shut down in the, in the, uh, the DS and, or I'm sorry, the CS and the, uh, world series series, that sounded terrible, but the world series rather. Yeah. That's what you want. Okay. So the blue Jays, they're, they're primed to go. I do like them more than the Rays, Um, and I like them more than the Yankees to make some noise. I don't know if, if, if for some reason the Orioles and the Blue Jays meet in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I could, I would definitely tell you that the Jays have a legitimate chance to beat the or, or, Orioles. There's, there's no reason why the Blue Jays can't beat the Orioles in a five or a seven game series. Last and definitely. Sorry about that little technical difficulties, but uh, not sure what the last thing you heard was. But anyway, this episode is over. 
Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Welcome back. I'm going to try and produce these episodes a little bit more frequently, uh, depending on how it goes. If I sounded sick, I apologize. I am getting over something. No, it's not the live flu. I don't know what it was, but my body is a microchip and we shed that bacteria or virus in 48 hours. And now I'm just dealing with the residual effects. If I was nasally, if I sounded sick, I apologize. Get over it. Going forward, can't wait. We got football season in six weeks. We got MLB playoffs coming up, obviously, in two months. And I'll be back here periodically to shoot the shit with you guys. Any questions, hit me up. You want to talk about stuff, you see it right there on a banner. Subscribe to our YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll be posting stuff on there at Talking Balls Pod. Remember to like the video and subscribe. Share it with your friends. Love yous. Take care.